want to add my welcome to those who have already welcomed you. On Sundays, there's a, a lot of calls in our lives these days, and it's just really wonderful to have you come and be part of us, to just grow with us, and uh, may you just be blessed. Some, You know, it's an interesting thing to, to sit, and I just had this privilege this week of sitting in the presence of the Lord to say, what do you want to say to us? What do you want to say to us? And uh, it's so wonderful to feel his presence and to hear him. And I had five words, and it's not one, two, three, four, five points, five words. Stay the course, be encouraged. And I said, Lord, um, that's not new. Every time I get up to talk anywhere, that's what you keep telling me. And he said, well, that's because you need to keep saying it. So um, today we're just going to talk about staying the course. We, we listen to the scripture of um, the story of uh, Jesus in the boat with the disciples and the, the, um, the storm comes up and uh, he stands there in his full power and authority and speaks to the storm and the disciples are left in this heap of fear on the corner of the boat. I was in a boat once <laughs> with a sailor who was taking us down the coast of California and we sailed out and the sky was black and I thought, this doesn't have a good feel about it. And the waves were going and we went by these shipping containers that were massive and I was terrified and as Brad was throwing up over one side of the boat, I threw up over the other side of the boat and and our captain said, 24 hours. It's going to take us 24 hours to get there. And I was terrified. He said, don't worry. The boat's like a cork. It'll bounce. I don't care if it's like a cork. (laughs) I was terrified. And as I was leaning over there, I was promising God anything. I will tithe. I will do this. I will do this. Just stop this storm. And finally, the boat owner said, captain's decision. Turn around. Back we go. Took us four hours to go out into this storm and it took us less than 45 minutes to come back and as we came around the corner there was dead calm and when we got out of the boat I said the next time I get in one of these sailboats it's going to be with somebody who really knows what they're doing I went with Ken it was an awesome experience (laughs) But but the point is as we look at this story we see that Jesus' ministry is growing He's got things around him. He's got people around him. He's got things happening. And he looks for times to just chill. He looks for times to take his disciples and kind of teach them a little bit more. And so he says to them, this is his plan, get in the boat. The boat is calm. Now we, or the seas are calm. Now we know that the, the Sea of Galilee is well below sea level, about 700 feet below sea level. And storms do come up. Very strong storms come up. But these are the circumstances. So they're in the boat. Storm comes up. Jesus is asleep on a cushion. I thought that was kind of, <laughs> that was kind of a nice little touch. He gets a cushion. On a cushion, he's asleep. Absolute peace. The disciples look and say, what's happening here? This is, or don't you care? Don't you care that we're going to drown? stands in this power, the full power of who he is and says, it's the creator. (laughs) 
the creator speaking through his creation. Be still, calm, the winds, the waves, the water, everything, everything obeys him. And instead of them saying, wow, okay, now we can be calm, they are looking and they are more terrified than ever. And why is that? Fear of the unknown. They just saw something that they had never seen before. They saw God. They saw power unleashed in a form that they had not seen before, and it terrified them. So what did they do with that? How do they put that in the context? Oftentimes, when we talk about the scripture, we talk basically that God is there in the midst of a storm, and he calms our fears, da-da-da-da-da-da. And that's true. But as I was looking at the scripture, I was thinking, this storm, this fear, is just the beginning of what the next steps are for the disciples. Because what Jesus does, the storm was an unknown to them. It was the first time they'd experienced that. They were going to be moving into one unknown after another. And they were going to need to know him. They were going to need to know fully who he was. They were going to have to trust him in all these things. Now, he knew that, but they didn't know that just yet. I want to just flip forward. So just kind of keep that picture of the fear that they have. And just listen to what 30 years later Peter has to say to us. He's writing this after 30 years of having walked with Jesus. To God's elect, strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Asia, Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God. I'm just going to pick out some of these key words here. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth, living hope, an inheritance that can never perish, shielded by God's power. For a little while you may have suffering all kinds, but these have come so that your faith, far greater than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine. How did Peter get from being a fearful heap in the boat to someone who could stand strong and declare those words. Those are words that we, we treasure because we know that's the truth. There's a certain thing about fear, and that is that most of us, well, maybe you're not in this boat, but I am, most of us avoid the things that we fear, and also we reject what's unknown or we misunderstand it. And so how does God take that part of our human nature that we act on and change it to? Well, we can look at the life of Peter and see what happened in his life. Jesus took them from one unknown to the next. What was there with him while that happened? There was his presence. He, Jesus continually spoke to them. See the sweaty whistle. He, Jesus continually spoke to them. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives, but my peace. I love you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. Keep asking. 
Keep seeking. Keep knocking. I promise to be there. When they got out of the boat, the next unknown for them was coming to the, the shores where it was all limestone cliffs and there was a man who was possessed by a legion of demons standing there raw, saying, I am afraid of you, Jesus. Do not let, you know, just this, this picture of a, a man possessed by demons standing there in fear of Jesus. And what does Jesus do? He sends the, the demons into the herd of pigs, and the pigs go over the blanket. So you've come from the boat, you're standing on the shore, and now you experience this. How do you put that in context? Then you go to see a woman healed. She's been sick and bleeding and outcast for the last 12 years, and all she knows is that if she touches Jesus, she'll get healed. She does that, but then she experiences fear. How did the disciples put that into context? I often have this um, this picture that in the down times they're sitting around the fire talking, <laughs> or they're maybe you know when the boat's calm and they're sitting in the boat or sitting on the shore they're walking along the roads, they're talking about what happened. Jesus is continually teaching them, so they have his presence, they have his teaching, and all these experiences work together to take them one to the next unknown. Then we have the time when Jesus is no longer with them. They have watched his crucifixion, and they struggled to put that into perspective. They were fearful. They hid. Why wouldn't they? (laughs) They were still operating in that place of growing from unknown to unknown. So Jesus was present, Jesus taught, and one of the things that he said to them was, I've got to go, but when I leave, who is coming? Holy Spirit is coming to dwell in you, to teach you, to give you. And so we have this wonderful experience at Pentecost where the fire of the Holy Spirit comes down and totally fills the people. What does Peter do? He stands up. He talks with boldness. All of those looking and saying, isn't this this guy from Galilee? How could he know all this stuff? But he speaks with power and authority about who God is. So now, as we go from unknown to unknown, we not only have Jesus' presence and his teachings, we have the power of the Holy Spirit who transforms us who shows us, who gives us wisdom, who is there in the midst of all the unknowns, leading and guiding. So 30 years down the road, we have a Peter who could stand and say, this is truth. Be ye holy, for I am holy. They stayed together in that 30 years. They met together. They prayed together. They worked out their issues together. They had conferences. They sent people out. They looked and they said, this is working, this is not. Bring up some guys to look after the women. Do this. Do this. Do this. And they worked it together. Were there people who probably left? Yeah, probably. But that core stayed together. Stay the course. Stay the course. And look what happens 30 years down the road. Throughout the book of Acts, 
there are so many instances where they prayed and fasted. So there's another element that helped them to stay the course. There, there was a determination in them that I believe God birthed in them because of what they experienced to go the next step, to not give up, to not step aside. Did you ever think what would have happened if they hadn't done that? We stand here today as a testimony of thousands of years of those who have walked in the belief that what they did was right. What if they hadn't? Now, God is God, and he would have worked out a way to make it work. But I often think, what would have happened if they hadn't done that? Um, Billy Graham is probably the most famous evangelist of our time. He stepped in because Charles Templeton said, I'm not going to do this. Charles Templeton walked away from his faith, and uh, Billy Graham stepped in. And look what God did in that. So we know that can happen. But Peter didn't. John didn't. Paul didn't walk away in hard times. The disciples were there working things out together, even if they had differences amongst themselves. So we can see that if we want to walk as our forefathers have walked, that we have to stay the course. That means (laughs) we're challenged. We have to do the same things. We have to embrace the unknown. We have to rely on the Holy Spirit. We have to step into community together. Um, Was it easy for them? No. It wasn't. And it's not likely that it'll always be easy for us today. There's all kinds of pressures come at us. But the reality is we have those same things with us to stay the course. We have Jesus. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. We have prayer. We have community. We have this place. Um, This building is a living testimony to overcoming unknown. I am continually in awe of statements made by what surrounds us here. Look at the scriptures on the wall, the pictures birthed out of experience, the music that we have, the presence of God. Pour out my spirit on all people. These words, this place is a testimony built out of love and hardship, but it's got the words, worship the Lord. In spite of it all, we do. When I came here, when Brad and I came here for the first time uh, about five years ago now, um, I, was, I was spiritually dry. We had, um, we had been walking with the Lord for lots and lots of years. We'd had lots of good experiences, bad experiences, and some in the middle. But when we got here, I was pretty dry. I was feeling very discouraged. We were facing a new season in our life. I was fearful at times. I was wondering, there's got to be more God. There's got to be more. I was was quite frankly quite discouraged with the organized church. And um, we came in here at at the invite of Deb Price because she said, Jan, I've been to this place. Could you come and check it out and let me know if it's okay? So we walked in here and went, uh, this is a no-brainer. <laughs> this is okay. 
But that first year that I came in here, I cried. I cried through every service. They just had to start up the music. I'd be when it, John started to preach. I thought, how do you know what's going on inside me? He was calling about identity and the the power of knowing who we are, and this dry and thirsty spirit was refreshed and renewed and restored. The messages were of love and redemption and restoration. And as the Holy Spirit spoke right to me, I was just so encouraged. And I was challenged to once again set up, and I never, ever want to settle again for just doing church. I want to be on the cutting edge. I want to be willing to step into the unknown. I want us to be willing to step into the unknown because that's the only way the unknown is going to become known. (laughs) And we can add it. Um, Early on in our, our journey here at Jericho Road, we heard stories. We heard stories in the community. And um, we heard stories of people leaving. We heard stories of wounded. We heard stories of experience and forgiveness of restoration. The journey here in this body has been one of entering into the unknown and living it out in the power of the Holy Spirit. There's two pictures that have just recurred to me over the years, these last couple of years. And I've shared them a little bit. You may, they may be familiar to you. But the first one is the, it's like the um, World War II uh, shrapnel. This, well, the gun goes off and the shrapnel's everywhere. And that's what happens when people are wounded and hurt and they step out and they speak and they, there's shrapnel, there's hurt, there's wounding. So the shrapnel is all in the sky. But as the prayers of forgiveness and restoration went up, God sent down this poof, and the shrapnel turned to gold dust. Poof, the shrapnel turns to gold dust because the, what was wounded and damaged when there's forgiveness, when there's restoration, there's gold in them there hills. <laughs> there's gold in that. And there was gold. There's gold. That is a picture for this body. The second one was, we were actually sitting at the back praying, and I... <laughs> I heard the school bell ring. The doors burst open, and out of this building flew rivers of living water down the streets, through the community, down Johnson Street, out to the quay. And I, I thought, I want to ride that river. That's what's going to happen. This place has been prepared to be living water. It's actually... There's already evidences of it. But never have I seen a body so prepared to move forward. We have been taught. We are being refined. We are continually encouraged, challenged. There's been a faithfulness through suffering. The community around us already bears the marks of some of those things. Reading programs food programs, outreach, addiction support. Those come out of the gold dust that's already come because of going from the unknown to the known with the Holy Spirit leading us. God trusts us. We are free in Him. We are equipped to step into the next unknown. We have hope. We have a calling and a gifting. And words have been spoken over 
this body for years about where it's destined to go. And we need to embrace it. In this season, we need to embrace it. Um, Yesterday, I love it how things kind of come up at you at the last sort of minute. And when I I was rummaging this around, and Brad's very patient with me because I rummage these ideas and I go off and I come back and I'm... And then I settle down and whatnot. But it's, it's really quite fun, and I do enjoy it. However, yesterday I was listening to a talk that, that uh, Bill Johnson gave from, oh, I forgot, I didn't bring the name of the book. It's, I think it's called War in Your Head is the name of this book. But I, when I read this, my heart kind of leapt, so I thought I want to read it to you today. It's about enduring uncertainty. One of the tef- toughest lessons a Christian can learn is how to trust and praise God in the uncertain time between a promise and its fulfillment. I believe it is a powerful act of spiritual warfare to stand in the middle of death and disease, conflict and unresolved issues, and cause your spirit to rise and give thanks to God. I can't help but think of the experiences of one of our most respected missionaries, Tracy. Recently, she was driving from South Africa to Mozambique when the small bus just ahead of her went out of control, rolled off the road, and crashed at a speed of about 60 miles per hour. Passengers were thrown from the vehicle as it rolled. She and other motorists stopped to assist and discovered a gruesome scene as they went victim to victim. Many people had life-threatening injuries, traumatic head injuries, and were lying unconscious. One woman was clearly dead. She had no vital signs. Her head was facing back, and she had one eye lying on her cheek. Our missionary, a graduate from Stanford, as a physician's assistant, took the bystanders and placed them by each of the injured persons. Then she instructed them, Speak life in Jesus' name. When I look over at you, I want to see your lips moving. And move they did. Minutes later, as she was assessing the casualties, the woman assigned to the dead passenger screamed. The dead woman had groaned, turned her head around, and begun to breathe. To their amazement, the woman's vital signs were strong, and her misplaced eye was back in its socket. That caused the others to pray all the more earnestly for their patients. Within a short period of time, the unconscious victims had regained consciousness and those with serious wounds stopped bleeding. Many injuries were healed and people were spared who would surely would have died. When I heard that story, my mind kept coming back to the people who stood by and prayed, even when the situation seemed homeless, hopeless. That's the kind of attitude we must have during times of uncertainty. Our troubling circumstances may last days, months, or years, instead of just an hour or two, but our approach should be the same. We must declare the goodness and faithfulness of God, even in the midst of our trial, before we have an answer. That is an amazing story. But you know what? That's no different here. It's what we're called to do. It is what we 
are called to do. Stand firm in the face of uncertainty. Embrace going from the unknown to the known. Stay the course. Be encouraged. The God who's declared in this building is declared in this community, is declared in this country. We retake the land. We will move forward because we have the power of Holy Spirit behind us. We have the body of Christ working together. We have prayer. We have honesty amongst us. We have a willingness to say, what can I do? What don't I do? Where do I step in? How can I encourage my brother or sister? All those are things that apply. That's what the disciples did. They got out of the boat, probably still afraid, but they stepped into the world and embraced it. And we need to do the same. You know, we all come from different experiences. We're all at a different point in our lives. Some of us are still in the boat, fearful. Some of us have embraced a little bit more. Some of us are still wondering, is Jesus really who he says he is? Is God really who he says he is? But we're in this together, and we have each other to stand with. And I'm not sure what to do next. Is there a fear? Is there a fear you're facing? Is there an un, an unresolved issue in your heart that you need to just bring before him this morning? Is there an unknown that you really don't want to know what the known is? <laughs> is there something you want to rejoice in because you've moved into the known and it's good? Is there part of your journey that's frightful? Do you need a healing? We've already had an amazing time. One of the things I absolutely value about this place is our ability, our op- not ability, but our opportunity to stand and say, this is what God did. And how it encourages somebody else to say, I want that too. Our testimonies change the atmosphere and bring encouragement. We are in this together. Lord, I just thank you for every person in this room. I thank you for the beauty of their spirit that that just rises forth as I look at them. I thank you that this, you know, model crew is your your testimony to the world of what I can do. And so, Lord, would you just touch each heart here and just let them know how very, very precious they are to you. As they look around, would they see how precious their brothers and sisters are? As we stand here together and sing their praises and go out from here, Holy Spirit, go with us. You go ahead and you break down the walls so that we can step in and experience all that you want us to experience. Thank you for what you are doing in this season of our life as a church. 